All right, all right, all right, all right. Day 102. Welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. My name is Keith. And remember, this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to see through it and to see God, not to it to primarily look at it and see ourselves. All right. So Psalm 65 is where we jump in today. And he says, praise is rightfully yours, God. In Zion, vows to you will be fulfilled. All humanity will come to you, the one who hears prayer. Iniquities overwhelm me. Only you can atone for our rebellions. One of the things I love about Psalm 65 is that it shows us that prayer and praise go hand in hand, right? Prayer and praise go hand in hand. God should be praised because he's the one who answers prayer, right? And we see in the first three verses that the psalmist is saying that, Lord, you are the one who whom all have sinned against. And at the same time, you are the one most fit and able to forgive those same sins. And if you think about it, um, this praise that he is offering is a covenantal response. What do I mean? Well, we receive something from God primarily from him before he receives anything from us. Right. And that's important and significant because in the ancient Near East, the gods right of the pagan world at the time had to receive something first before they could bless their people. It is not so with the God of the Bible. He takes the initiative in blessing and forgiving us and we respond to him with praise. And so I love this psalm. It just goes on and on and on and it praises the Lord. And it shows that this forgiveness is not just an end in itself. Forgiveness of sins is not just the end of your salvation, right? At the end of the day, you were made to dwell with God. It is actually a pathway, a through street, a means to an end. The end being communion and fellowship and union with the God of the universe. And he'll go on to talk about how God, you know, works in creation, right? His great and awe-inspiring works are not just in redemption, but in creation and uh, upholding and guiding uh, that creation as well. And so what we see in Psalm 65, man, is that God's praise or the praise of God is due to him because we see his hand, his fingerprints and his blessing in every sphere of life. Even in the midst of a broken world, the reason we as believers praise God is because he is the God who is working through and in his creation to renew it. Psalm 66. Psalm 66 is another hymn of praise (laughs) to the God of the universe. Let the whole earth shout joyfully to God. Sing about the glory of his name. Make his praise Glorious. Say, say to God, how awe-inspiring are your works? Your enemies will cringe before you because of your great strength. We see at the very beginning of the psalm that praise is supposed to be a universal ordeal, right? He calls on the whole world to do the praising to God. Um, and it's interesting because the work of God in Scripture is always meant to reveal the person of God in Scripture. I read a book years ago. Um, it was called Blink. Um and it was by uh, Malcolm Gladwell, I believe. And one of the things they talk about is how uh, we actually can make, sometimes it's better not to think as much uh, in making decisions. And they talked about how um, much you could learn from a person very quickly, right? And they did this experiment about how 
you know, um, you, if you go into a person's room and they have a bookshelf, right, just by looking the blink of an eye at their books, you could learn a lot about that person, right? And so the things that they went out and bought and got and put in their house, their very works reveal something about who they are. It's something similar with God, right? The works that he does, the mighty deeds of the Lord are never so that you will merely be wowed at what he's done in history. That's fine. But ultimately, so that we will be so that we would see him for who he is, the God of history, all inspiring and ultimately praiseworthy. Right. And, um, you know, it's so good because it, he starts off praising and he talks about what the Lord has done. And he talks about, you know, the trials. Right. And uh, at the end of the day, he says, you know, we got saved by the Lord and life wasn't no cakewalk, though. Right. Like we, we see the beautiful and good acts of, of, of God. But life is still not easy. Right. And he's, he's, he's saying like, yo, I don't I don't believe in a prosperity gospel. Right. Stuff wasn't sweet, <laughs> as we say, <laughs> you know. And at the end of the day, he says, verse 12, you brought us out, though. Right. Like you brought us out to abundance. And I just want to tell you today that there is no trial. I want you to hear this. This is for you. There is no trial that any of God's people have been through that they didn't come out on the other side of, right? And the resurrection is the ultimate definitive full stop silver bullet proof of that, that Christ, the son of God died by crucifixion, taking the wrath of God, the worst thing that could possibly happen to the best person to ever live. And guess what? He came out on the other side. So you listening to this today, no matter what you're going through, know that God can bring you out on the other side and he will. He promises to uh, ultimately when he raises us from the dead. Psalm 67, Psalm of thanksgiving to the Lord. May God be gracious to us and bless us. May he make his face shine upon us so that your way may be known on earth, your salvation among all the nations. The psalmist starts off with this corporate desire where he calls on God to do something, not just for him, but for them, right? To bless them, to be gracious to them, that the glory of the Lord will shine upon them. And this is a clear uh, illusion in more uh, academic terms, but it is a, a sampling, a reuse of an earlier text. And that earlier text in the Bible is number six, 24 to 25, right? And you gotta be, you gotta be, you gotta be adept. You gotta have a head on a swivel to catch it. And if we recall, this is the Aaronic priestly blessing, right? This is the blessing that the priest proclaimed over the people of God. And the psalmist is asking basically, essentially for God's presence, right? It was an invoking of the presence of God on the people of God to declare their blessing. And the idea of God's face is always associated with his presence in scripture. So when, you know, the scriptures will talk about seeking the face of the Lord, it's seeking his presence, right? It's uh, anthropomorphic language. God doesn't really have a face. He's, he's spirit, right? But um, it, it's about the presence of the Lord, right? And the goal, he says, is so that the nations can experience your presence, right? It is the saving presence of God that the psalmist says we need to have. Why? so that the nations could come to have it as well. Remember at this time, God is working through the nation of Israel and the goal of Israel based on Isaiah 42, six, Isaiah 49, six, Isaiah 60 verse three is that the nations would come to see the light and the glory of the God of the universe through this nation. And so God blesses his people so that we can bless others, right? That is, that is what, that is partly of what being a Christian is about, right? In other words, everyone 
who is the object of God's blessing is meant to be the instrument of God's blessing, right? Many of us as Christians, like one of our problems is we tend to think of ourselves as just objects. <laughs> when, 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 in, when in reality, we're also instruments, right? He only gives us himself really so that we can see other people receive the same blessing. And in the end, I love what he does because he's, he begins to talk about um, specifically this harvest and the flourishing of fruitfulness and crops. And what's, what's, what's interesting about that is that the Bible, when it talks of blessing, it always speaks of it in fertility, right? In this kind of fertility imagery, right? Whether that be of literal fruit or harvest or, or, or spiritual fruit, right? It's, it's always this idea of, of, of seed, of offspring, of the fruit of the womb, be fruitful and multiply it was given to Adam, given to Noah, given to the patriarchs, right? All of this language, why? Well, what, what it's doing is this, it's showing that when you have the presence and blessing of God, he uses this language in, in, in many ways for different reasons that's in a lot of ways and a lot of times, but what he's really trying to get at is the fullness of life, right? How he's using it here is the fullness of life, right? And this is in the fabric of what God does in creation, right? Life in the presence of God is what we were made for. And it is what is offered to us in the gospel. And it is what we offer to others as we seek them to come to the God, seek, seeking out them to come to the God of the gospel. Psalm 68, last one of the bunch. God's power is best seen in what he does for his people. Right. God's power is best seen in what he does uh, for his people. And, you know, the first part of this psalm is an echo of when Israel would go out to battle versus their enemies and they would take the Ark of the Covenant with them, which was this Ark that was in the sanctuary that symbolizes um, God's presence and God's throne on earth. Um, and it is uh, God who is one who comes out and fights for his people as this divine warrior king against his enemies. Right. And this is a reason for rejoicing, right? God is this great king, but not only that, he shows his power, right? By bringing down the powerful as a great king, but he also shows his power, hear this, by caring for the vulnerable. Look at verse five, God in his holy dwelling is a father, hear this, of the fatherless and a champion of widows, right? This is the God we serve. And, um, Man, it's just so good because he just goes on and on and talk about the kingship of God. Remember, the theme of the Psalms is actually, you know, that um, Yahweh is king and our king reigns, right? That he is the one who reigns over the universe. And every time you see kingship, it's always in the context of worship, right? It's always in the context of worship. And he says, uh, verse 32, sing to God, you kingdoms of the earth and sing praise to the Lord, to him who rides in the ancient highest heavens. Look, he thunders with his powerful voice. And he talks about the ascent to the throne here of the Lord and how that played out in history with through David and, and through Solomon. And what we know as followers of Jesus is that there has been this ultimate ascent to the throne where Christ goes through the, the woes of death, but he rises from the grave. And he goes to the right hand of the father where he is right now. And he doesn't just ascend, but he descends, right? He, 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 
something descends as he ascends and that's the holy spirit that's the spirit of god that testifies to the work of christ that empowers us to live for the missions of christ that applies for us the benefits of what christ has done for us justification sanctification adoption all of those good things forgiveness of sins and it leads to us blessing him and you know verse 35 will say god you are all inspiring in your sanctuaries the god of israel gives power and strength to his people blessed be god listen um at the end of the day we will reign with christ but right now we are waiting on our personal experience and our ultimate reality to become one and the same but we can have confidence that those things will be true right that we will be like him that we will reign with him forever uh, because our king went before us let's pray father we ask for your grace today as we hear and meditate on your word we pray that we will remember your kingship we pray that we would give you all the praise we pray that we will remember that uh the, the acts the communication we have is is only a response to what you've already done for us in the gospel and in christ lord we pray that we will remember that your goal was that not just for one group of people to have the gospel and to know your goodness and your saving grace but for the entire world we pray that those truths will stick with us today as we go in jesus name we pray.